Why do busy people get more stuff done? Say goodbye to your to-do list and hello to the five habits that high-performing people do every single day to get more done. It's time to turn your dream into bold action. As a Christ-centered coach and mentor to women changing the world, I firmly believe that we all have a gift given to us by God, and we are meant to share that gift with the world. Your gift was given to you to help make others' lives better. Let's turn your passion into an authentic and profitable business that reflects who you are at your core. Welcome to the Dream Launcher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Ferrara. Hey ladies, with a full-time job, a coaching business, a ministry, and a family, the phrase, I don't know how you do everything that you do, is something that I hear often. But it's not something that's impossible for you too. And you know what? I don't feel like I truly sacrifice time with family to do all the things that I do. There's some negotiation that happens at times, sure. There are some conversations that have to be had when I'm really busy in a certain time. And it's just part of life. It's the same thing that anybody has to do when there are competing priorities in the family. But as somebody who is a high performing, get it done, always loves to be busy kind of person, I always seem to be able to get the important things done. And that takes skill. And it's something that I've learned over time. I don't believe that I've always had all of this together. But then again, I'm going to share something with you that kind of shows that maybe some of it is innate within me, but I still believe that it's something that can be taught. On today's show, I'm going to share the five time management tips that I personally use to get more done and that still allows me to have quality time with my family. These aren't habits that I made up personally, but ones that I have picked up from years of professional development work and also just habits that I have realized most high-performing professionals put into practice too. Allow me to share their secrets. When I look back over my life, I can actually see how I had to learn from a fairly early age how to get stuff done, not fall behind in school, still get good grades, have time for extracurricular activities, and also for dating to do the things that I really wanted to do. I see how my ability to plan, organize, and accomplish the most high priority tasks has helped me succeed in my career. I see how that ability to plan, organize, and accomplish the most high priority tasks has helped me to succeed in my career, in my business, and how it carries over into the work that I do in ministry. As I said before, I don't think that this is something that I've always had, but I think that I picked it up very quickly. When I look back at my high school years, it was already there in that time. Okay, so looking at high school, obviously I was a full-time student right? Equate that to a full-time career right now. I had a summer job. I was involved in theater and in TV production at school. I maintained good grades and I even had times for friends and of course for dating, as I mentioned. And when it was show season, fall play, spring musical, I would be up at school until way past 10 p.m., sometimes midnight, 1 a.m., preparing costumes for the show. It was so much fun. I so enjoyed every moment of that time. 
I loved the energy of it. I loved the intense nature of you've got to get all this done and you have this short time time frame to make it happen and pulling up, pulling together all of the parts and pieces. Now I wasn't responsible, obviously for the whole show. I was in costuming and it was so much fun to, you know, find out what show we were going to be doing that season. And then the staff members, the teachers who were part of leading us in costuming, they would decide what is each cast member going to be wearing. And we'd have kind of sketches or ideas of what they were going to have. Sometimes it was prescribed in the script itself that helped lead you along. So then we had the fun opportunity to make it happen, to bring it to life. And sometimes that meant one of the staff members was going to thrift stores and purchasing stuff that would fit the, the bill. Sometimes we had a huge, huge room that was just this big old warehouse almost in the school full of costumes and props and everything. And so sometimes that organization was me making sure that these costumes got made and sometimes parents were sewing them. Other times it was me making sure that these other costumes that we pulled from the shelves of what we already had or shoes that we already had got reimagined a bit to fit the new play or the new musical. One of the shows that I absolutely loved doing and being involved in was Into the Woods. And there were two things that I was specifically involved in making sure happened as far as creating the costumes. One was this beautiful cape. It was this huge velvet cape that the witch wore in the, in the show. And I got to hot glue all kinds of sequins onto that velvet cape. Then the other thing was a pair of golden slippers. And of course it was a, just a pair of high heel dance shoes, right? But we had a pair and I think they were cream or whatever color it was. It didn't matter because my job was to spray paint them gold and then glue glitter all over them. And probably every other show I had to glue more glitter onto those shoes because they, that glitter fell off all over the place, <laughs> but it was so much fun. And it what what I enjoyed when I realized later in life, when I was in my mid twenties, I realized once I learned what project management was, it was my first introduction to project management was being on this project at, at a bank to convert. It was Y2K uh, coming up and we were converting our loan system to be Y2K compliant. If you're not old enough to know what that is, just, I don't know, DM me. I'll share, share the, share the love there with you. But the, the thing that I learned through that and learning what project management was, was that that's what I did in high school. And that's what I loved about what I did was the organization, the making sure things got done. It really wasn't, I was in costuming and it really wasn't the sewing. The sewing was not what I was passionate about. It was the organization of it and the, what are the tasks? What is the time frame, and how are we going to make it happen? And that was really what I enjoyed about it. And that is what I realized that I did in high school. And then I was learning how to do it in my career. And all of that really helps me make sure I'm getting all kinds of things done in my busy life as well. I now manage way more complex projects than any of that in the large health insurance company. And I manage projects that are really very technical in nature. Thankfully, I don't have to know the tech. I don't have to understand the technology to be able to make sure that the project moves forward. 
I use those skills with my clients as well. I don't have to understand every aspect of your business to help you identify the tasks that need to be done, how to make it happen, how to schedule it, how to get it done, how to move forward and to keep moving forward in your business. So whenever somebody asks me, Stephanie, I don't know how you do all of the things that you do. How do you do it? <laughs> I just smile and I recognize that it is the project manager within me that ensures that all the plates keep spinning in all the right directions. They may not be the same direction, but they're in the right direction. And along the way, as I have coached other entrepreneurs, I've come to realize that this isn't some superpower magic ability that I have. It can actually be taught and new habits can be formed when you're willing to set aside your feelings in that very moment and look towards what the big reward is at the end that you're shooting for. Do you want to know my secrets? How and how to get it all done? <laughs> I thought so. Habit number one, know where you spend your time. Before optimizing your ability to do more in the same amount of time, in the same amount of hours in a day, you must understand your baseline. You need to know where you're starting. Where are you spending your time today? You need to know where every minute of the day goes. Maybe not every minute, but mm, pretty big or small chunks of time need to be accounted for because every moment matters. You need to look for where you're being productive and where you're wasting time. And also you need to look at where you're resting. Are you resting? Because that's a really big piece of high productivity. It sounds counterintuitive but you've got to do it. High performers are consistently evaluating where they spend their time. They're looking for those things that they need to stop doing because they're not the right things. They're looking for where they can really hone in. So they're focusing on the right things with my clients. I have them track their activities for at least three weeks. I have them write down everything they're doing hour by hour, half hour by half hour, 15 minute increments even. This self-awareness helps to identify times of great productivity and also time sucks and hidden little areas of lost time. After the first week of tracking where they're spending their time, they're just looking at today, the baseline. That's when we actually start and implement habit number two. So habit number two, plan when you want to get stuff done. I swear by my calendar and I tell people all the time, if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to get done. I live by my calendar. And while I'm not a micromanager of the calendar and there are things that happen and things that come up and sometimes things got to move. Yes. But I know for me, if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to get done. I'm going to forget about it or I'm going to look at what all has to be done and I'm not going to work on the right things in that moment. So once you have an idea of where you have been spending your time in a typical week, you start planning your days with intention. No more fly by the seat of your pants or putting off something important just because you just don't feel like doing it in the moment. We don't get to play those games anymore because you have a mission. 
You have a gift and a mission to get it out into the world. God gave you that gift and you should be working with urgency to get it out there because there are people out there waiting for you to help them. So what does that mean? It means it's time to prioritize ruthlessly. Now, for those of you who are more fly by the seat of your pants, you don't like to be tied down to a calendar. You don't like to be boxed in. I get it. I understand. I have helped women that uh, feel that way to understand and realize the importance of scheduling that time, scheduling the things that you need to get done so that they get done and allowing for some flexibility, but not willy nilly flexibility. Like, I just don't feel like doing it. Let me move it over here. I'm going to do it tomorrow instead. But to get curious about why you're moving it, are you avoiding because it's hard or because you think that it's going to take a lot of time or you're not quite sure what you're doing and so you're avoiding it? If that's the case, that's not a good reason to delay it. You really just got to eat the elephant and go get started one bite at a time. This is where you also get to realize that not all tasks are created equal and not everything that needs to be done is top priority. Here is where you start to tell your life how you want to spend your time instead of letting your life tell you what you're going to be doing. I have my clients print out seven planner pages and take time to actually plan to the 15 minute mark what they're going to be doing all week long from the time they wake up to the time their head hits the pillow. So how do I have them do this? How do you fill that calendar when there's so many variables and so many options and so many things that could happen. And, and what if, well, what if is the flexibility that we just expect we're going to have to have. And yes, something might have to move, but like I said, it doesn't just get to move because you don't feel like doing it. When you start to plan your week, start with the most important things. First family, every family appointment that you have, put it on the calendar. If your kids are involved in activities or you have car line duty and you need to be dropping kids off and picking them up from school, block that time on your calendar. Not just the time you have to pick them up. Remember, you've got to drive there and you've got to drive home. Put the whole time on your calendar. It's easy to see where we are losing time because we think, well, it's just 15 minutes to go pick up the kids. Well, no, it might actually be 45 minutes to drive there, wait in the line, pick them up, drive back home. Those are the little hidden gems of time that we often lose. Now, add your family activities like date night with your husband or your daughter's gymnastics meet or soccer game. That's for me. Soccer games are coming up. We start soon. They are on the calendar. I need to go now on the calendar now that I know where they are, what the date, what the times are, what the dates are, what city it's in and build in the drive time. When do I need to leave work? When do I need to shut down for the day to make sure that I'm at that game? Other things that you're going to schedule in that relate to family or maybe like prom dress shopping, or you may need to actually like put on your calendar. This is when I'm going to the grocery store. Put every activity that you need to do within a week on the calendar somewhere, somewhere that makes sense. If you work a full-time job, you're going to block that time off too. And depending on your job, you may have the ability to use this same planning to plan your work day also. Now, I'm talking to the business owners here. 
Those of you who maybe you have a full-time job, maybe you don't, but you're trying to start a business. Now that you've put all those other things on the calendar, you've got dentist appointments and doctor appointments and, and kids activities and family and date night and all of that on the calendar. I would even like put, this is dinner time roundabout, right? Put all of that on there and then look at what are the empty blocks of time? Where do you have space in your calendar now to actually work on your business? And during that time, plan what you're going to do. This is key. It's not just this block of work on business because then you're going to sit down at your desk. You're going to sit down at your computer and say, okay, I need to work on my business. And you're going to be overwhelmed because that list of things to do is always so long. So this is where on the calendar at the beginning of the week, maybe you do this on Sunday night. I usually do it on Friday, <laughs> but you're going to put on there, not just that you're working on your business, but what are you going to do in that time? Are you going to write an email to your email list? Are you going to design a new sales page? Are you going to write the script for your upcoming course or maybe lesson one of your upcoming course? Are you going to record the video of lesson one for your upcoming course? These are all things that need to go into the calendar, whatever it is. If you have a product-based business, then that's, you know, maybe designing products. It's maybe creating or developing, or, you know, if it's a vinyl business, you're putting the vinyl on. Maybe it's, this is the day that I pack and ship product. Also, if you are in training, if you are in a, a course, if you're in the Dream Launcher membership, make sure that you block time to actually do the training. You can get very busy in your business and you can get the course that you need. And maybe you'll attend a, an online or a live teaching, a live class here and there. But then you have all the recorded material and it feels overwhelming. And so you don't do it. It just sits there and you say, I don't have time to do it. That is important for you. It is invested time. You've invested the money in it. You need to invest the time. Put it on the calendar. I'm going to spend an hour working through the curriculum of the course that I bought. Now, here is where you might need to negotiate with your family a little bit. There are probably tasks and chores and things that are on your list that you typically do. Do you have to be, do them? Are you the only person in the house truly that can do those? Maybe you are. Maybe you want to. So block that time too. If you need to clean the bathroom, put an hour on the calendar to clean the bathroom. But if it's something that your husband could do or you could hire one of your kids to do, then maybe do that. Look at how you can delegate some of those tasks that really don't have to be you that do them, that does them, so that you can focus on your business, so that you can focus on the things that truly are important. Only you can spend time with your husband, right? But if you take time that you want to be spending with family and all you're doing is cleaning the kitchen and mopping the floors and cleaning your bathroom, you're not really spending time with family. But if you could hire one of your kids to do those chores, pay them to do it. They may not do it as well as you do. There's a trade-off. But is it okay? Is it okay that they don't do it as well as long as it gets done so that you got to spend that hour focusing on your business or spending time with your husband? 
Now, something else to think about, especially when it comes to your work and what you're going to be doing and the type of work that you do is that like one of the things I've noticed is one of the biggest time wasters that happens is when you have to totally change your train of thought and go from one task to another and they're totally different. It's called task switching or context switching. Your brain has to totally like shift into something very, very different. Like recording a video is very different from designing a web page. And if I'm going back and forth, so I'm going to record the video a little bit and then I'm going to do some of this and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to record more of the video and then I'm going to do something. This. Your brain needs time to adjust. I'm going to put it that way. In the cor corporate world, this happens all the time because you have something that you need to get done and you're just trying to work it in within between meetings and, and other work that you know you have to do that's on a deadline. And so the important thing here is that you schedule the time, right? So it's the same thing as everything else. This is going to sound very repetitive and you're going to hear me say it multiple times. If it's not on the calendar, it's not going to get done. You know, you're not always in charge of your calendar at work. Other people can put meetings on your calendar. But I'm going to give you a little hint. If you block off time on your calendar that you're working on that important project, that important report, requirements for something, whatever it might be that you're having to do, you've, that you know you need focus time to do, block that time on your calendar. Do not make it free. Block it as busy time on your calendar. That way, if somebody needs that time for a meeting, yeah, okay, you have people who will just schedule over it anyway. But some people will reach out and say, hey, I'm trying to schedule this meeting. Is it okay? I see that you're busy. Is it okay if I schedule it at that time? You have the opportunity then to say yes or no. When you have to go from really important focus task to something completely different, back to that focus task, when you come back to it, you're going to spend, and I'm not going to say waste, but you're going to spend at least 15 to 20 minutes reacquainting yourself with where you were, where you left off, and what you need to do next. That's why it's so important. If you can find big chunks of time to work on something like that, you'll be more productive because you won't have that break in thought. And specifically, if it's one thing to like take a 15 minute break and you're just going to go let the dog out and come back later, um, come back, you know, right after and get back into it. Then if you have to stop thinking about that project, go into a meeting about something completely different and come back. It's that context switching in your brain that really is, it's a time waster only because you have to spend that time ramp, ramping back up to where you were when you left off. Did you know I have a free Facebook group just for you? In my group, Calling to Cashflow, Christian Women Rising to Lead in the Marketplace, we focus on a monthly theme of spiritual growth and learn how to step into your calling in the marketplace. You were born to lead. There is no mistake about it. How you lead may look different from the next woman in the group, but we are all leaders. Join the conversation and let's lead together here and in the marketplace. Go to stephanieferrar.com forward slash calling to join. All right. Habit number three, batch your work. This truly goes along with habit number two of getting things scheduled and that context switching 
But this part is really important. You can't always control it, but it is a game changer when you actually get to put this into practice. It's a game changer in your productivity. Batch similar tasks. Multitasking is a myth. It may look like that we can't, that we can do that. And I know they say women can multitask and do all kinds of things, but we can, but we're going to do a whole lot better if we can focus on one task at a time. We're going to do it faster and we're going to be more complete and it's going to be a more excellent product in the end if we can focus on one task at a time, one thing at a time. Group similar tasks together to minimize that context switching that we talked about already. Batching emails or phone calls that you need to make or administrative tasks. That all helps free up those larger blocks of time for that deeper work, those, those times when you really need to be focused. Do you have a bunch of emails that you need to respond to? Batch those up and spend an hour. Set a timer even. Schedule that hour and say, this is my hour to respond to emails. Or make phone calls. Maybe you have phone calls that need to be returned. Do those types of things. Administrative tasks, all of that can free up those larger blocks of time that really take either way more focus or are going to take longer time to complete when you can batch up the smaller things and make sure that, that like they kind of flow together, then, you know, that's a beautiful thing. And it really does help. You're not working on something and making a phone call and, Oh, I need to send this email. Nope. Batch it up. Oh, I need to see this, send this email. Just write a jot, a little note, emails to send, blah, 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 blah. Make a little note, then then schedule that time. I'm going to spend an hour and I'm going to send these emails that, I, that need to happen. Okay, and one more thing. Those tasks, those projects, what, however you want to phrase it, those things that are going to take way longer to complete or tasks that you know you can easily get lost in and you look up and it's like three hours later and you realize you didn't even do the one thing you set out to do and you went down some rabbit hole and got lost and all of a sudden you did five things that you weren't even on your list of priorities to do today but you went down that rabbit hole because you just could yeah those things you need to time block so if you have something that you know you need to go out to Facebook and you need to go to your Facebook group and you need to make a post, be very specific that that's what you're doing. We're not going out to Facebook to research or catch up with a friend or read the messages or look at the notifications and see, nope, schedule that time. If you run in a Facebook group, you need to schedule time to look at your notifications and see if somebody's posted something you need to respond to, but don't get lost in it. Don't because that or TikTok. Let me tell you something. If you're trying to do social media, we're all saying, oh, I'm here on, on Instagram. I'm watching reels because I'm doing market research because I'm looking at what do I want to create. So this is my, my research time. The next thing you know, two hours have gone by and you're just laughing away and you forgot you're supposed to be doing research. Yeah. Set a timer. Block yourself into a certain amount of time. This time is research and then I need to move on. I either need to take one of those things, put it into action, you know, record the reel. So maybe it's a 30 minutes of research, an hour to create the one that you chose. Maybe that's how it goes. You get to choose that, but you can easily, I've done it. I understand you easily get lost when you're doing that research like that. As I mentioned, I usually do a lot of my planning on Fridays. Fridays are kind of an administrative day for me. 
And so those are the days when I spend some time looking forward into the week ahead and I block time to do work. I need to create an agenda. I need to send out a bunch of invites for meetings. I'm going to block off that time in my calendar. And that time doesn't just say work. It says what it is that I'm going to do in that time. Now, yes, things come up. They naturally do. We need to expect the unexpected. So, but when you, let me say this, when you have a time block on there, instead of just this open willy nilly, like there's nothing there, it's just open on the calendar and you may have a plan, but it's in your head. Then if something comes up, you forget to go back and do the thing you plan to do. But if it's on the calendar and something comes up, like that person that calls and says, Hey, everybody else is available except for you. Are you, can we make, make this meeting happen during that time? Then I can make that decision and say, yes, I'll move what I was going to be doing to another time. And then I don't lose that I needed to do it. Maybe I'm bumping it by two hours or moving it to the next day so that I still have that two hour block to make it happen. But it's not willy nilly. And it's not just because I don't feel like it. It's because there is a need. That time is the best. So therefore, I'm going to make a decision to move that task to a different time. This is what keeps me going. This is what makes sure that I get the things done that I need to get done in the time that needs to get done. I know that there are deadlines for certain things that I do. And if I just hope that somewhere on my to-do list, that ever-growing to-do list, that I remember to do it, it's not going to get done. It's going to be missed. Something big will be missed if it's just a laundry list of tasks on a sheet of paper. So I learned many years ago to block this time to make sure that those high priority, time sensitive tasks get done. There are always things that also need to be done and maybe they're not high priority. Those get scheduled next. This brings me to habit number four, leverage peak performance time. We all have times of the day when our energy and focus are naturally higher. Identifying those peak hours and scheduling demanding tasks during that time is going to help you get more done. Schedule less demanding tasks in your lower energy times. You know that two o'clock, I need a nap and a snack. Yeah, lower energy time. I learned many years ago that my peak performance time is between 8 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. So mornings. Mornings are best. Not early morning, but 8 a.m. to 11.30. I can get stuff done. It's when my brain is most sharp and I can really work and focus on what needs to be done. It's when um, those higher concentration tasks, that's when those things get done. When I was in full-time coaching... That looked like writing my blog posts, writing course course curriculum, um, working on web design during that time. Those morning hours were crucial. I could truly focus, bang, 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 bang on the keyboard and get stuff done. Then I'd schedule coaching calls, my um, fun Canva time with, you know, graphic design, designing and scheduling those marketing emails that I wrote during focus time, getting them into Kajabi and getting them scheduled. That's the stuff. Um, Even recording my courses. I I need the focus time to get it written, 
I don't have to have that focus to be able to record the video, writing a script versus recording it. Different energy is needed. You still need to have high energy on video, but not the kind of high energy that's required to focus on writing the script. So I saved all of those types of activities for my afternoons when I knew my energy or my focus, more my focus was going to be less. And then I realized I kind of have a second wind time. I think most of us do, but that second wind, so to speak, that focus time between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., that's when I'd be able to be focused again and get stuff done, get stuff written, get stuff created. That helps me out today because in full-time job, I'm focused on what I need to get done in my mornings for the insurance company. And then at night at 7 to 9 p.m., I can focus on my client work. And then if I feel like it, you know, 9 to 10.30 before I go to bed, I might be working on some of the fun stuff, the Canva design work. Maybe I'm working on some social media posts. Um, editing my video even can happen during that time because it doesn't require the same focus that's needed in that focus time. And then finally, habit number five, minimize distractions. This one can be hard. <laughs> it can be so hard when you're trying to start to work on or start a business at home and you've got family obligations, you have family all around you. Maybe you're doing it at your kitchen table. You've got little kids. It all, it can be hard. I know. Even just notifications on your phone constantly coming in, that constant chiming, ding, 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 ding. All of that, <laughs> they create interruptions constant interruptions that derail your productivity. So what do you do about it? Those of you who know me know my phone is generally on silent. When I'm doing something like right now, recording my podcast, my computer is on do not disturb so that it won't chime either. And that is like the biggest thing. I probably 15 years ago, I turned off email notifications on my work computer. So that little box that pops up that says you've got an email, turned it off because it's just a distraction. Yes, you can, you can make the case that what if something important comes in and maybe your job requires that type of immediate attention. My job does not. So I am able to then go look at my email in some other time. I don't have to always be on call on the email. You don't either probably. And you don't have to be on call for your text messages or even phone calls. My phone, when I am in focus time, is on do not disturb. My computer is on do not disturb. Now, that did get me in trouble one time when my husband really, really, really needed to get in touch with me. And I was in the middle of a coaching call and it didn't work out um, because he couldn't get in touch with me. I'm just coaching away. I have no clue. He got home. He was not real happy with me. So I have adjusted. I'm using the tools that my phone provides for free. This isn't anything where I've had to install an app or anything like that. This is what the iPhone provides. So I have it on do not disturb, but I have set for my husband and my daughter to be able to come through anyway. So if you do hear a chime, it's most likely them. Remember that saying no to distractions is saying yes to your priorities. And oh my gosh, have boundaries. Please set boundaries. Now, not every phone call must be answered right now. Not every text needs an immediate response. I was talking to a friend this weekend 
And as we were just, we were just chatting after intercessory prayer and my phone started to ring and she said, Oh, sorry, your phone's ringing. Do you need to get that? And I looked at her and I said, no, I can call her back later. We're talking because the person right in front of me is most important. So know that you can set those boundaries. I think we have allowed those bings and rings and dings and blurbs and whatever (laughs) to really distract us from what's important in life, from the person sitting right in front of us or from the important work that God has set you out to do in this world. Oh, and here's a bonus tip. Don't forget to schedule your rest. I didn't capture this in the high performing tips one through five, but let me tell you, it is just as important. It really should be a number six, but let me just call it a bonus. High performers often burn out because they forget this important step that creates the balance that we all need. You must embrace rest and recovery. Healthy high performers understand the importance of downtime. Schedule breaks throughout your day, get enough sleep, and engage in activities that help you recharge the things that are fun, the things you enjoy to do. Don't set all of that aside because you are just hustling for your business. You will burn out and you will end up hating your business. Personally, I think my eyeballs would like completely revolt if I didn't take breaks during the day. I spend most of my day on video meetings and looking at spreadsheets and documents all day, screens all day long. And then I take a break and then I turn the screens back on and work in my business. But I I make it a point every day throughout the day to take little 15 minute breaks, to go outside, to look at the trees or the sky, something that's not a screen, to reset. It helps me recharge. It actually sometimes is the thing that I need to solve the problem before me. Last night I was working on a website and there was one thing that I just couldn't find how to fix. I was YouTubing and Googling and everything and finding everything except the answer I was looking for. And do you know what I did? I sat there for a moment, flustered, frustrated, because I've been trying to figure this out for a few weeks now of how to get this thing off of these sales pages. And I just closed my eyes and said, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I cannot figure this out. This can't be that hard. Where do I fix this? Where do I remove it? How do I get to the right place in WordPress to fix this? And then I got up and I took my dog outside. And I sat outside for a little bit and just enjoyed the night air and watched him walk around and just sat there for a bit. And then I walked back into my computer. I sat down. I clicked one thing. And I said, oh, let me look there. And I clicked there. Bing. There it was. I had been trying for weeks. Now, not 100% for weeks, but every time I looked at those pages, it's like, oh, that's still there. And I don't know where to go I was so frustrated (laughs) and I wish I had asked the Holy Spirit like three weeks ago because I would have saved a whole lot of time of Googling and YouTubing the answer that I did not get, but I might need to put that out there as a little tip because, oh, because I didn't find it. Somebody else needs it. 
I know somebody else needs to know how to make make that little blurb of text go away. <laughs> so I probably need to make a little how-to video on that one to help somebody else out. Anyway, my point is throughout my day, I do make it a point to take 15 minute breaks here and there. Maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's five, but get up from my computer and go look at something else. Go do something else. Go look at something that's not a screen. When I'm in the office, my breaks look a little bit different. It might be getting up and walking over to a coworker's desk to ask a question or to just see how they are that day. That's my little break or walking down the block to go to lunch because I don't like working and eating at the same time if I can avoid it. Even if I get my lunch and I bring it back to my desk, I don't work and eat generally. Um, that's a rule that I put in place many years ago as well. Usually I sit in the break room and I eat, but uh, if I'm at my desk, I'm generally just eating and not working because that time is precious and I need the break from work. So keep that in mind too. Oh, and on weekends. Oh, weekends. So Saturdays, I usually don't even open my laptop. They are pretty much work-free days. Uh, unless I am very like on a deadline for a client, then, then you'll get work out of me. But if I'm not, those are days that I'm only working because I choose to. And it's probably going to be later in the evening. But I really, really, really work to make Saturday my Sabbath. I go to intercessory prayer and then maybe I'm watching TV. Maybe I'm just sitting outside with the dog. I'm resting on Saturday. That is my goal is to rest on Saturday and to be mostly screen free. Yeah, I'm going to scroll on TikTok some. I'll admit, but I'm not working. That is pure fun. <laughs> that is pure decompression. A well-rested mind is a productive mind. Remember that everything that I've just shared with you, all of these habits are starting points. But they are consistently habits that high performers, those people you probably follow and admire in the business space, they probably do these things. And there's a reason that they're so successful. There's a reason that they get so much stuff done. There's a reason that when something needs to be done, you look for the busy person and you ask them because you know they're busy and they're going to squeeze it in. They're going to time manage and they're going to get it done. There's just something about that. I've seen it in church. I've seen it at work. Busy people get stuff done. But you will need to experiment. You'll need to personalize this some for you. And find those time management strategies that really work for you. That will do the best for you in your energy, in your, your life, with your family, in your job. Those things that will really help you in your unique goals, in your unique situation, to hit the mark. And hey, don't forget about my free Facebook group, Calling to Cashflow. It's for Christian women rising to lead in the marketplace. That's you. With a monthly theme for spiritual growth, you'll learn how to step into your calling and step into your place in the marketplace. You were born to lead. I promise that you were. Join the conversation. Let's lead together. Let's lead our households. Let's lead in our business. Let's do it together. To join, go to stephanieferrara.com forward slash calling. If you're enjoying the Dream Launcher podcast, I'd love to know, would you give us a follow and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify? And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and hit that bell so you don't miss the next episode.